Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So blessed to be with you once again. I am Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, ready to take your questions and your prayer requests. You just heard the number to call, and that number is 303-690-3000. I'll be repeating that number throughout the show And I hope that you can call in and ask your questions about perhaps the Bible. Your reading has brought up some questions. And I'm always so blessed when you call and and you've been studying the Scriptures and you have a a good, solid question, and we can talk about the things of the Lord uh, because it's all inspired by God from Genesis to Revelation. And it's written for us, for our benefit, for our um, blessing, and, and for us to be guided in truth. Uh, because the Bible is truth. It doesn't just contain truth, it is truth. And it's so wonderful that we can go to the Word of God and, and uh, we can get answers, we can see the character of God, the provision of God for salvation, the love of God, His commandments, His precepts. Uh, so I hope that you call in today. Maybe perhaps you've had a question uh, on your heart or on your mind and you've been wanting to call in and I would encourage you, grab one of those open lines and give me a call. Again, I'm Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel in Greeley, Colorado, up in northern Colorado, and blessed to be with you once again. And uh, the number to call to be on the show is 303-690-3000. And as most of you know, there is a second means for you to be able to ask a question or uh, to uh, give a prayer request, and that's through a dedicated text line. Uh, Be safe uh, as you text, and that number is 720-336-0897. I want to welcome, as I've already said, all the Grace FM listeners along the front range here in Colorado and to southern Wyoming. It finally, finally feels like summertime. It's a warm day. Hope you're having a blessed day. Maybe you're getting the kids a snack uh, in the house and uh, if you got a chance, give me a call at, at that number that I just gave to you. Maybe you're taking a walk or uh, maybe at baseball uh, practice or baseball game, wherever you might be. If you got time to give me a call, please do so at 303-690-3000. Just want to be a blessing to you uh, and uh, to be able to, to help you and to edify you and to build you up in every way in the things of the Lord. I want to also just welcome all the Hope and Truth FM listeners on the East Coast. Um, so glad to be a part of your lives. It's so wonderful when you call in. And I know that you're a week delayed in the program, but many of you listen online. So we have online listeners, not only in the eastern part of our country, but all throughout the nation. And we've gotten calls from Hawaii to Florida to to Wisconsin to uh, Arizona, and such a blessing that people are tuned in to Calvary Live today and on the Grace FM online uh, uh, that you can pull up and listen live. Uh, and so hope that you too, if you're listening right now, 
will call in. And this is your show. And uh, I hope that uh, you will take the time to be able to do that. All the Grace FM listeners in Colorado from Pueblo and Fountain and Colorado Springs, 101.7. And then in the metro area, 89.7 from Castle Rock and Parker and uh, parts out east in the metro area in Boulder and Fort Collins and Greeley, up in the southern Wyoming. Uh, again, it's it's a wonderful day today. Uh, many of you come up uh, for what begins tomorrow in Greeley, the Greeley Stampede. Stampede. It's been going on for for many many years, and it's a time for people come up and they bring their kids to the carnival and see the animals and things like that. So I just. I want to welcome all of you if you're going to be coming up to the Greeley area. And also stop by and see us. Say hello. Let us know that you listen to us, our program on Grace FM, Under the Fig Tree, or you listen to Calvary Live. Uh, The the Greeley Stampede starts tomorrow. Uh, We'll be here tomorrow night in our study of the book of Revelation. And love to meet you. Love you for you to stop by and say hello. And it runs through July the 7th. So if you're here on Sunday... Uh, we have three Sunday morning services. Give us a, uh, a visit and uh, introduce yourselves, and I'll be here uh, for the time that the Greeley Stampede is here, and uh, I'd love to say hello to you. So uh, come by and and uh, let us know that you're listening. Let us know that um, you, you know we get to be a part of your lives uh, and bless you uh, through the radio. So Greeley Stampede, I guess they got Trail Ridge open today. It's crazy that uh, the weather that we've had last weekend, of course, there was snow up in the mountains, and Trail Ridge was closed with two feet of snow and five-foot drifts. But I understand that they got it open today. They got it all plowed out, and hopefully uh, it'll stay open through the rest of the summer. So maybe perhaps some of you that are listening on Hope FM and Truth FM out east, many of you come out to this area in Colorado for vacation. You come to Rocky Mountain National Park. Uh, there are nearly 4 million visitors, I believe, that come out every year to the park. And so if you're traveling through, we're right on the way. We're about uh, 50 miles east of the park on Highway 34. Uh, you'll pass right by the church. Stop and say hello. Let us know that um, that you, uh, you listen to Calvary Live or say hello to us. And so I want to make that invitation as well. So i uh, love to see you guys as you come out on vacation in Colorado. Also, just be careful, everyone. Uh, as the rivers are very, very high right now, um, they are in some cases uh, going over the banks, uh, running very, very fast. So be careful in your uh, water recreation and uh, always have a life jacket on. Always be careful uh, as you head up uh, into those areas uh, where there's a lot of water that's flowing as you inner tube or some areas are closed for inner tubing. Uh, maybe perhaps rafting or whatever the case may be, even fishing. you got to be careful when you get in those rivers. Uh, 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 that water is powerful. So just a, kind of a word of caution. Hey, we got all open lines, what I can see, uh, and 303-690-3000. As I mentioned to you tomorrow night, we're going to continue our study in the book of Revelation. It's been an incredible study, and we're going to be in chapter 9, and chapter 8 ended with, uh, the three woes that were pronounced. And what we see in the book of Revelation is that period of time in chapter 6 through 19 called the tribulation period. And there's some very heavy things that are taking place. And we talked about how last week in chapter 8 that there was this 
uh, silence in heaven for about a half an hour. And then the seven angels that stand before God stood up and uh, prepared to blow their trumpets. And, and you know, there's a, there's a mystery of what is the uh, silence in heaven all about. And I think that perhaps that as the prayers of the saints are, are being presented before the throne of God, uh, that the Lord is really, it's like he's saying, hush, I, I want to hear the prayers of the saints. And I want to remind you that uh, your prayers to the Lord are very, very important, and he hears your prayers. And so if you got a prayer request today, uh, give me a call, and, and we'd be honored to be able to pray with you and all of us listening to pray together. Uh, but perhaps also, as there is a hush in heaven, that all of a sudden we're going to see these judgments of the, of the trumpets uh, blast, and then the seventh angel, seven more angels stand up with bold judgments or vile judgments. And it's a very sobering thing, and, and, and it's like, wow, this is it, the time has come. Chapter 10, the angel will declare uh, that no more delay. And, and I think it's a sobering thing when we think about uh, we want the kingdom of God to come. We want God to, uh, to establish his kingdom, the Christ to come. But there's going to be some uh, great tribulation that will take place before that time. So we need to be praying. We need to be praying for those around us and uh, those who are linked to us that we care about that don't know the Lord. And uh, so great reminders for us as we go through the book of Revelation. Well, we do have a couple open lines, but let's go to uh, uh, Valera in Parker. Hi. Hi, yes, Valera. It's actually pronounced, hi, it's actually pronounced Valeria, but I won't have you pronounce it like that. <laughs> I am so sorry. So, That's okay. So how are um, you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Um, I just have a question for you. Yes, yes. It's in regards to um, Matthew 24, 24, um, chap- I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, where it talks about, Jesus is talking about his return, and right. he mentions something about um, only the Father knows the hour, the day, the time, and um, I've done a little research about this because I was a little confused because I know Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God are one. So I was right. wondering why Jesus wouldn't know that. Um, yeah, well, I was wondering verse, if you clarify it? that. I've, I've read that um, it's because Jesus took on the flesh, basically. You know, when God sent him here in, in our body, you know, he was limited to some things. Um, what do you think about that? Well, I think that's probably about you're on the right track. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, he he was fully God and he was fully man. Um, it wasn't that he was half God and half man, but mm-hmm. in his, his humanity, um, it, it's interesting. He says, "No one knows the day, the hour, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only." And I'm kind of repeating that verse for the sake of our listeners. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's an interesting take on that. Um, that in his humanity. Um, he he didn't know uh, the day or the hour. Uh, I'm sure he does now. Um, now he's at the right hand of the Father, um, right. is what I would assume. But that's an interesting thing that he says in that. And um, and I think the main take for me is is that there are always those who come along and say, "Well, I know the day or the hour," and they make these predictions, these bold predictions, mm-hmm. and then it's plastered all over Fox News and people follow it and 
and all this. And then they say, you kooky Christians, you know, you're always predicting the day or the hour. Listen, if Jesus didn't know, I don't know right. why anybody would, you would listen to anyone who would come along and say, we, you know, I do know the day or the hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we, it, it's an interesting, interesting verse. And I think you're on the right track. Um, I think okay. that's the best that I can answer it. And I, I know, think I that, that, yeah, and I think for us, and uh, again, is um, we don't know the day or the hour. Jesus did say something about uh-huh. that day and hour that I think is important for us to grasp, too. He said, I come when you least expect. Um, uh-huh. I come at a time that you do not know. So um, that's interesting as well. And so Jesus is telling us that, that his coming is going to come at a time when people aren't expecting it. And for me, as I study end-time prophecy, one of the reasons why I believe that the rapture is going to take place before the tribulation period, and if you just read your Bible, just read it, um, you see that doctrine of imminent return, that we are told over and over again, and I was talking to somebody about it today, uh, that uh, he comes when you least expect it. Um, He comes at a time that you do not know, it's like the days of, of Noah. They didn't know that it was going to rain and judgment was going to come. It's like the days mm-hmm. of Sodom. When those angels went to get a lot out of the city, his family thought that it was a joke. There's no way this city is going to be judged. But the judgment came. We were told over and over again, it's like a thief in the night, his coming. We're told over and over again not to be caught off guard to where that day overtakes you because uh, you're caught up in, in carousing and, and the cares of life. We're mm-hmm. told to watch, be sober, be vigilant. So to me, that's very sobering, that the Lord yeah. there's, can come at any, any time, and we're told that in the Scriptures. And whenever the Scripture repeats something, which this is repeated over and over again, it right. means pay it attention. It must be important. <laughs> yeah, it must be important. But it is an interesting <laughs> yeah. verse that, that you uh, brought up, and hopefully I brought some little bit of clarity and stuff, but yeah, you did. You certainly did. I, um, I definitely think that Jesus also put that in there because he knew already that people were gonna, you know, those Christians kind of like that. They, like you said, make up, you know, oh, we know when Jesus is coming, and he already predicted that because right. we want to be know it alls. <laughs> that you know, it's also very humbling to, yeah, it humbles me. I think it, it might humble other people. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're just prone to do that, you know, to kind of seem knowledgeable, and um, he just right. kind of humbles us, like, not even I know. So, yeah, but thank you exactly. so much for um, answering my question. I, I do have another question, okay. but I'll call back <laughs> so you can okay. talk I'll to be waiting for you. Well. Awesome. Okay. Thank right. you. You have a great day. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah. And um, so we did have another perspective, Dan. Um, on the line, uh, kind of a follow-up to what we were just talking about. And um, I guess Dan dropped, but Dan, I think um, you have a perspective about uh, a Jewish wedding. Uh, only the groom's father would know when he was done uh, preparing a place, and then he could go get his bride from a Messianic church, Jesus fulfilling an aspect of the wedding. I think that's very interesting, Dan, what you're saying. And uh, for those of you who are wondering what Dan is making reference to, that in the ancient, um, you know, uh, wedding of uh, in Israel, that there would be uh, that um, that 
you would be a spouse to your uh, betrothal period where you that was uh, you were husband and wife legally, but you you didn't live together, you didn't consummate the marriage, and then all of a sudden uh, the the groom would come and get his bride, and that was unannounced. Uh, that could be at any time, and so that's what Dan is making reference to, which I think is very interesting. Um, and he would come and get his bride at that time, and of course we are the bride of Christ, and Dan's making the reference to the groom's father would. Uh, be the one that would know uh, when that time would come. So interesting, Dan. If you get a chance, call back. I appreciate your feedback on that. Um, and uh, I'd love for you to come back and uh, give us a call. So if you have the opportunity to do that. Hey, we got all open lines. What I can see, 303-690-3000. This is Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs with you today on this afternoon, this summer afternoon. The lazy days of summer are here, but I'd love for you to be able to give me a call. Let's talk about the return of the Lord. Let's talk about uh, walking in the ways of the Lord. Uh, let's talk about uh, the things of the Scripture uh, and give me a call. This is a great opportunity for you to be able to do that uh, as you call in, and I'll do my very best uh, to be able to answer uh, some of those questions. There's a means for you to text in a question as well. And or a prayer request because we're here to pray for you as well, and uh, you can do that at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. That's our dedicated text line, and the number to call in is three zero three six nine zero three thousand. And so, give me a call and let's talk about the things of the Lord. Um, there's uh, some text uh, prayer requests coming in for somebody uh, who is praying. Uh, that they would stop drinking, and um, uh, they're uh, somebody's dad, and to come to Christ. So, Father, we do pray for this individual uh, that has texted in and wanted prayer, and uh, and uh, I pray that you would help their dad to stop drinking. Uh, we pray for healing. We pray that you would minister to him. Uh, you're the one that can free us from those addictions, uh, and you can free us from. Uh, those things that hold us in bondage. So I pray that uh, this individual that texts in, you know who it is, you know their dad, help them to stop drinking, open their heart to Christ, to live for him, to walk with him, work uh, in a mighty, mighty way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, 303-690-3000 the number to call. Let's go to Rory in, Ar- in Arvada. Rory? Hi. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Um, I had a question. Um, I am in the book of Exodus, reading about mm-hmm. the ten plagues of Egypt, and then their journey through the wilderness um, into the dead or the Red Sea on the other right. side. The um, Bible was so specific and gave repetitive instructions about the leaven that they couldn't have any leaven in their bread or even in their house at the Passover. And then right. they mention it again when they're feasting on the other side. Uh-huh. I just wondered what the significance of that was. Well, that's a good question, because when the 10th plague came, it was going to be—that's um, when they really became a nation. Um, in chapter 13 of Exodus, uh, when he— would establish the Passover. And mm-hmm. so he gives them instructions. 
and the Passover would be celebrated, they were to take a lamb on the 10th of Nisan and then on a, inspect that lamb. They was be without spot or blemish, and then they were to sacrifice that lamb on the 14th of Nisan, and then they were to take the blood and put it on their doorposts in uh, the lintels of their yeah. homes, and it made the form of a cross. And mm-hmm. then when the death angel came that was going to... Uh, um, you know, take the first uh, born of not only the Egyptians, but anybody who did not have that blood on their, their doors, um, mm-hmm. the angel would pass over. So thus the name Passover. Then what's, what would follow Passover is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And what they were to do is they were to take all the leaven out of their homes, and it would be a perpetual um, feast that they would s- celebrate. But leaven represents as you go through scripture it represents sin you see that in the Mm. new testament remember that jesus told his uh disciples beware of the leaven of the pharisees um we know that paul would write to the corinthian church when there was sin in the church he says don't you know that a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump and of course they would take the leaven they would put it in a new new dough, um, you know, and it would permeate the dough so it would rise. So what they were to do is during that Feast of Unleavened Bread is take all the leaven out. Uh, don't have it in your house. And and that's where they were to eat bread without any leaven. And I think it's such a powerful picture, both Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread for us, because mm-hmm. Jesus is, of course, our Passover lamb. Uh, he's the one that came in riding into Jerusalem, I believe, on the 10th of Nisan um, in the triumphal entry of Jesus, and they would inspect him, and they would try to trap him, the religious leaders. Uh, They Mm -hmm. tried to trick him. They tried to find fault with him, but it was declared that he was innocent. Uh, Pontius Pilate declared that three times. Even Herod, um, that he went before, declared it. We know that even uh, the betrayer Judas said, I've betrayed innocent blood. Um, He was the perfect Lamb of God, and he was the Passover Lamb of God for you and for me. And uh, he came and died for our sins. And then when it comes to the Feast of Unleavened Bread, that we are to get sin out of our lives. And, you know, they were to take it out of their homes. It wasn't to be in their homes and I hope and pray for all of us that are listening that we don't want sin in our homes. We need to protect mm. our homes, yes, you know, we because do. things things come in so easy uh, mm-hmm. today. A push of a button uh, on our computers, on our phones, you know, on the TV, and we want all the leaven out. So there's a lot of powerful pictures that are there for you and for me as we look at the Old Testament. And um, and for me, it's like, Lord, I want that leaven out. And that leaven, speaking of the New Testament, of, you know, sin. Beware of leaven. Uh, A little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. And that is true in our homes, and that's true in the church. And Paul's warning the church, listen, if you begin to compromise and allow this sin to come in, it's going to begin to spread and permeate and affect others. And we've seen that happen in the church, unfortunately, in our day and age where the church more and more is accepting sin. And it's mm-hmm. not a good thing. It's not a good thing at all. We are to no, stand for purity. Yeah, we're to stand for purity and for righteousness. And um, so very, very good question that you're asking. 
Okay. Well, I appreciate you giving me that insight. That really gives me a better understanding of that whole process then. So yeah, thank you and, so much. And, and one of the things, Rory, is, uh, you know, I have you, and there's no other callers. I don't mean to keep you on the phone. <laughs> but, you know, as you go through the book of Exodus, as you go through the Old Testament, we look at the feasts and the observances. Um, you look at the tabernacle. You're going to be moving into the tabernacle. It all points to Jesus. It all speaks of Jesus. It's all fulfilled by Jesus. And that's what's okay. so wonderful about going through the Old Testament there are people that say, we don't need the Old Testament. We don't need to study the Old Testament. That's, you know, uh, a long time ago, we're not under the law. We're not under the law. We're not married to the law, Romans 7, so that we can be joined to another. But as you go through the Old Testament, there's a benefit in that Old Testament for you and for me in that it points to Jesus. It's a picture of Jesus. Uh, it it, it it has application for us in a powerful way, just like what we were just talking about Passover mm-hmm. and unleavened mm-hmm. bread. And, you know, as they cross the Red Sea, we see that Paul uses that as an example, you know, and Peter too, uh, in mm-hmm. the New Testament, he goes back and he says, these things are written for us so we can learn and be admonished and, uh, and for us to be benefited and blessed in every way. So good question. So blessed mm-hmm. when people are reading their Bibles and, and asking those questions, um, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I had a great-grandmother who Mm -hmm. had read the Bible through seven times by the time I had met her as, you know, a young child. And so I am hoping to do at least that many times. And I just love all the different things that you glean every time you open the Bible. Yeah. If it's the same verse that you read a hundred times or for the first time, there is always something there for you. Amen. And you're exactly right. And I think that's an encouragement to those that are listening that you can never exhaust the scriptures. And I think the great need in the church today is to get grounded in the word of God, to know the word of God. Um, It is profitable. As second Timothy chapter three, verse 16 tells us it's all God breathed profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. And Mm -hmm. you can never exhaust it. And so keep studying your Bibles, especially in the day in which we're in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Paul, Paul told Timothy, listen, it's perilous times in the last days. And evil men and imposters are going to grow worse and worse. And he would go on to say that you must continue in the scriptures, Timothy. You must continue. It was Isaiah in the Old Testament. We went through the book of Isaiah. And Isaiah was... T- telling the people you need to get back to the word of God line upon line precept upon precept here little there little and I really am convinced more than ever that the great need in the church today is to be grounded in the word of God for us to be going through it uh, all of it from Genesis to Revelation chapter by chapter verse by verse systematically getting the whole counsel of God's word and and if you're not grounded in God's word you will get deceived in the day in which we're living in. There's too many voices out there. So I hope that's an encouragement to, to people to, to study your Bible, read it, go to a good Bible-believing church that's teaching you the Word. So thank you so Amen. much for your call. You bet. Amen. Thank you. Bye-bye. You bet. Bye-bye. All right, we're getting ready to go to break. I think we have all open lines. So 
if you're out there, give me a call. You know, we're talking about the Word of God, the priority of the Word of God in our lives, the return of the Lord. Uh, we live in very unique times, and I hope uh, that we understand that. We live in a time that is very, very unique, and, and I believe that we are rushing towards the return of the Lord, and we are in a time where um, we are seeing things happen around us, the, the birth pangs, uh, all these different things taking place. So maybe you got a question about the return of the Lord. Maybe you got a question about um, the Old Testament and how it points to Jesus. Whatever the case may be, we're going to go to break. And it's going to be about 90 seconds, and then we'll be right back. So grab one of those open lines. They're all open, 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So good to be with you on this summer afternoon. I would love to have you give me a call. We've got some open lines, 303-690-3000. Hope you're having a blessed day. Want to just bless your day as uh, you're listening in today uh, to our program. I'm Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and with you once again to take your calls, your questions about the Bible or Christian living, or what's our worldview on certain things that we see around us, or to take your prayer requests. I'd love to be able to take your prayer requests as well. Um, just uh, I, as I opened up the program, uh, just reminding everybody that. Uh, We are here on Wednesday night as we're going through the book of Revelation. So uh, look us up on uh, our website, uh, our webpage at calvarychapelgreeley.com. I'd love for you to stop by, worship with us. And we have children's ministry and a nursery and youth that meet on Wednesday nights. It's it's really such a blessing. If you're coming up for the Greeley Stampede that starts tomorrow and and runs through July 7th, if you or a listener to Calvary Live, we'd love for you to be able to come in and let us know or to our program uh, under the fig tree. Love to meet you. Love to say hello to you and um, to just uh, be able to fellowship with you. And so uh, be sure to to do that. We're easy to find. Uh, we are just three blocks west of Texas Roadhouse. Everybody in Greeley knows where Texas Roadhouse is. A lot of people go there for the stampede when they're coming up to eat dinner there just three blocks west of there on 27th Street. So look us up on our website for directions to the church. All right, we're going to go back to line number one, to Valeria. Hi. (laughs) Did I do better that time? Yes. um, I'm good. That was closer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you have to say it was like... I you have know. To say it very, yeah, Valeria, but you don't have to say Valeria. it like that. Yeah, I know. So thank you for calling <laughs> back. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, I am glad I called back because I, I had another question in regard mm-hmm. to Proverbs chapter 24. Um, and this is about the uh, 30 sayings of the wise. Right. And it's saying number 21. <laughs> it. It reads, by wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. 
through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. I'm just wondering if you could kind of tell me the differences between wisdom, understanding, knowledge, because it, it kind of sounds the same to me, but I'm sure it's not. No, it's interesting that verse that you just gave. Um, and that, again, that was chapter 24, verse 34? Uh, chapter 24, verse 3. 34? Verse 3. 34. Okay. So I know the 30 sayings of uh, w- the wise go from like Proverbs 22 through 24. Mm-hmm. And um, so in that verse that you just quoted, I'm, I'm going to find it here real quick, is the verse that when we first moved into our building, we actually had it up on the wall uh, wow. to the children's ministry. Yeah. And because they're, they're treasures they're, um And what we want to do is we want to teach them the word of God through wisdom. A house is built and by understanding it is established by knowledge. It, rooms are filled with precious and pleasant riches. So you're wanting to know the difference between wisdom and understanding and knowledge is what mm-hmm. you're asking? Oh, yeah, because it's improper. You're going to keep just, me busy, uh, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just um, one of the books I'm, I'm currently diving into mostly is Proverbs, and they, they just constantly, mm. the writer mentions wisdom and knowledge and understanding, and I just, I came to a point that I'm like, oh, man, I don't know the difference between that, you yeah. know, those words. So. Well, it's a, good, it's a good question, because knowledge and we got to understand that there's a difference between, you know, worldly knowledge. I mean, you can have knowledge about, you know, uh, an engine, how to put an engine together. Um, <laughs> so when it comes to our spiritual lives, there's knowledge. We we are to have knowledge. Uh, we can know theology. We can uh, have all kinds of knowledge. That's important for us to study God's Word to gain that knowledge. Um, so. Mm-hmm. We know what knowledge is, 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 you know, taking God's Word and having, you know, a working knowledge of it is what we're to have. But then there is wisdom, and that's a little bit different, because wisdom is God's knowledge being worked out in your life. Um, I've known guys that were a walking encyclopedia of the Scriptures, but they didn't have wisdom because they ignored it. They didn't apply it in their lives. So we are to have knowledge. We're to have understanding, understanding uh, to be established. That is that we understand what it is being told to us as we have that knowledge. Um, Sometimes I hear people talk that theology and stuff, I have no idea what they're saying. Um, I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. Pastor Chuck, when I first became a young Christian and was teaching, he used to say, put the cookies where the kids can get to them. And I think that's a, that's a good advice. We can teach. And when I first taught, I thought, I, I want to give the people knowledge, but I want them to, to be understanding it. I want them to understand what the Word of God says. And I think the Word of God is to be taught in that way, to where there is understanding, and then wisdom is having it worked out in your life. And again, to understand there's worldly wisdom and there's godly wisdom, and wisdom is just not knowing and and not just understanding, but having it worked out in your life. That is what true wisdom is about, and that's what you're going to discover continuing, you know, as, as you go through Proverbs and read it over and over and over again, is that uh, the fool 
ignores um, what God's Word says. Um, there's nothing good that the Proverbs has to say about the fool. It is the one mm-hmm. who is wise that is going to apply it in their lives. So that's what we see, I think, the difference between them. There's knowledge. You can have knowledge, but it doesn't mean that you're walking in wisdom because you're not applying it in your life. You can have knowledge, and yet you don't understand really what it's saying. And so we want to make sure that all three go together. So very good question. Gotcha. It makes sense. Thank you. You've kind of cleared it up a little bit more. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, but that's kind of interesting. I um, We had that verse written up. Somebody wrote it up on the wall. Through wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. And I think that is a good verse for our homes, you know, raising mm-hmm. our children in the Word of God to help them understand, uh, to be established in it, and to walk in that wisdom. That's that's a good conversation to have with our kids, a good conversation mm-hmm. to have with those that we're ministering to. Thank you so right. much. No, thank you for taking my call yet again. <laughs> all right, you bet. God bless you. You too. Have a great day. All right, we got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. And, you know, godly wisdom means not only do we know God's Word, but we're walking in it as well. Well, let's go to Wes in Fort Collins. Hi, Wes. Hey there, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm okay. It's getting home from work. Uh-huh. Um, so Hope I you had, had a great... question kind of regarding uh-huh. the, more the end times. Uh, there's a few different verses that kind of make it sound like it's being referenced toward that time, like uh, 2 Timothy 3, about men's hearts, and uh, 20, Matthew 24, 7, about the nations rising against nations. Like, how do we know that that's future instead of back then? Or is it just meant to keep every generation on their toes to leave. Yeah, I think you're you're kind of bringing up a couple good points. Number one is um, you referenced Matthew chapter 24. When Jesus, you know, they were walking across the Temple Mount area. Uh, the end of the day, I think it's probably the last full day of Jesus' ministry. And and they start talking about the temple at that time, Herod's temple. It was a magnificent temple. It was uh, made of huge stones. You can go to Jerusalem today, see some of the Herodian stones. Absolutely amazing. And they're, they're looking at the temple, and um, the disciples say, look at this great building. And Jesus said, uh, the day's going to come when not one stone's going to be left upon another. And that completely just floored the disciples. So he leaves the Temple Mount, crosses the Kidron Valley, goes up on the Mount of Olives, thus the Olivet Discourse. And they asked him, they said, tell us, when will these things be? That is the destruction of the temple. What will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? So Jesus begins to answer that. They thought when the temple was going to be destroyed, that it was going to be the end of the age. It's got to be the end of the world. So that's where we know that Um, Jesus begins to talk about the signs of his coming, the end of the age, and he likens them to birth pangs. He says, take heed that there's going to be uh, those who will come along that claim to be Christ, they're false Christ. 
He goes on and he says, you'll hear wars and rumors of wars. Uh, you just referenced that. There's going to be pestilence and famines um, and uh, that are going to take place. Uh, he said kingdom will rise against kingdom. There's going to be earthquakes in various places. What is interesting is he says these are birth pangs. He said the end is not yet. Um, these things are going to happen, uh, and but these are birth pangs that will take place. So right now, you know how a woman goes into labor, that when she begins that labor, there's the um, contractions that happen, and as she gets closer to the birth of that child, those contractions happen quicker, more frequently, and they're more intense. So that's what we know of birth pangs. It's interesting when you go to Revelation chapter 6, in the tribulation period that begins the tribulation period, we see those signs uh, start to come to a full culmination. The first seal that's opened up is the Antichrist. That's the false Christ that Jesus is talking about. The second seal that's opened up is uh, war comes and, and peace is taken from the earth. That's wars and rumors of wars, kingdom against kingdoms. Uh, the third and fourth seals, that's famine and pestilence that happen. And then the sixth seal happens, there's a, a mighty earthquake. So Jesus is saying, here are the signs, here are some birth pangs, but we do know that there is a time when all of that is going to come to a full culmination, that final seven-year period that is yet future called the tribulation period. Uh, where there's going to be a deep deception of the one who's going to come. Antichrist means not just against Christ, but it means instead of Christ as well. And uh, so that's how we know it's future. And then Jesus talks about the Great Tribulation period as well. He talks about the abomination of desolation in verse 15 of Matthew 24. When you see that, um, then you need to flee and there will be great tribulation, such the world has never seen, nor ever will see again. So I don't know if I'm hitting on what you, you're asking, Wes. Um, yeah, but um, we do... So, like, I'm like, so do you think it was made clear to them that this is not going to be in your lifetime? Like, you might well, see some things, but you're they're asking yeah. for the end of the age, yeah. and you know, and, there's time coming yeah. back and. I'm just yeah, wondering if good. it was clear that, you know, it's not going to be mm-hmm. now. Good question. Very good question to follow up on. I believe that the early Christians were looking for the return of the Lord. I, I really do. We know that in the book of Acts, when Jesus ascended into heaven, that he, uh, uh, and I'll read it to you, um, you know, even before the church was born, uh, we see that they're asking him, you know, are, are you going to be coming back? And uh, what is the, uh, um, you know, and restore the nation? They said, uh, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Um, I think that Paul, as he writes, uh, as Peter writes, as James writes, the other um, writers of the New Testament, we see that they're telling the Christians, wait for his return. Look for the blessed hope. The Lord's coming is at hand. So I think that that not only the first century Christians, but every generation, he desires for us to be looking. Because right, he right. says we don't know the time or the hour. So I think you, you're on the right track in that. They were looking for the Lord to return. And um, 
they were expecting the Lord to return uh, at that time. So it's pretty evident to me they were. Yeah, and I think that's probably part of it is like if there was a for sure date or even a rough time frame, you'd have people that felt like they had leeway and for sin and whatnot. But if they're always, you know, thinking that second coming is imminent and whatnot, then they need to live the right way, all of us. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. I think he, he's wanted every generation to be looking for a return. Because one of the things that happens, Wes, is that there are those who will come along and they'll say, "Were well, you who are looking for the return of the Lord or the rapture of the church, you're just sticking your head in the sand, you're trying to escape, you know, and that's not the heart of Scripture. Uh, we know that Jesus would say in Luke's Gospel that watch always and pray that you may be worthy to escape the things that will come to pass. He was talking about the Great Tribulation and to be able to stand before the Son of Man. He's saying there's a way of escape, and that is, I don't want to go through the tribulation period. I want to stand before the Son of Man. That's Revelation chapter 5, and then chapter 6 starts the tribulation period. But John also writes that he who has this hope, you know, of that is when we see the Lord, purifies himself. There's a purifying effect on our lives when we really believe that perhaps we don't know the day or the hour, we don't know what day the Lord is going to come back, the day of the rapture of the church. But if we are watching and we think that perhaps the Lord could come back today or tomorrow, it has a purifying effect on us. We're not going to be down at the bars hanging out and being all carnal and everything. Um, And that's why there's that repeated uh, exhortation given to us, be watching, be sober, be vigilant. Don't be caught off guard. You're children of the day, not of the night. Put on the breastplate is, you know, of, of righteousness and salvation, and we're not appointed to wrath to attain salvation. So I, I think you're right. I think that he desires for every generation to be looking for the Lord. Um, exactly. And, well, thank you so much for answering. Uh, I'll yeah. definitely call in with some more questions. Absolutely. Love for you to do that. So appreciate your call, Wes. All right. God bless. Yep. You bet. I think we have all open lines once again, so 303-690-3000 is the number to call. We've been talking about the return of the Lord, and again, I want to remind us that are listening, the Lord desires for us to be watching, to be waiting. And if anybody comes along and says, well, you're just trying to escape or, you know, uh, whatever, it's like, I don't want to be here when the uh, tribulation period comes. And the Lord says there's a way of escape, and that is that you are to be a believer, uh, have faith in Jesus Christ, and to be looking, be watching. And I am watching, and I believe the Lord. There's no prophecy that needs to be fulfilled for the return of the Lord. And if we are looking for the Lord every single day, because here's the other thing. We know that tomorrow isn't promised to any of us. Tomorrow is not promised to any of us. And, um, And so... Every day is to be lived for the Lord. And if we are looking to the Lord, living for the Lord, and, and anticipating the return of the Lord, it has a purifying effect on our lives. We're not going to be going out involved in carnal things and living for the world. Listen, don't live for the world, because this world is going to come to disastrous end. Um, and so live for Jesus Christ, be looking for Jesus Christ. That is a commandment that is given to us by the Lord that we be watching, 
um, and be the wise servant that is watching and looking for his master's return because that I, I come at a time that you do not know. I come at a time that you least expect. We know that um, we are told that uh, it's like a thief in the night um, and all those commandments that are given to us. So uh, be looking for the Lord. Be living for the Lord. Um, and so um, we are to do that as commanded by the Lord. And I believe the Lord can come for us at any time. Well, I think we have some open lines. I'm going to look at the text messages um, and uh, I want to pray for somebody uh, that wants to pray for their mother, Vicki, uh, battling cancer. And uh, so I'm not going to read it all, but we are going to pray for Vicki. And uh, Brandy, thanks for texting that in. Father, I do pray for Brandy's mom, uh, for Vicki. She's been battling cancer for the last seven years, it seems, um, and uh, has started chemo last summer. Um, and there's complications with it. So um, sh- she was in a coma and, um, and is slowly beginning to move her toes. And uh, they think that she can hear them, uh, Brandy and the family. Um, so I just pray, Lord, that you be with the doctors and the nurses uh, to, to guide them, direct them, use them to minister. Uh, Lord, I pray for healing. Um, and I pray that you would just be with Brandy and her family as they minister um, t- to her mom. Lord, we just lift us up to you. And I just pray you give them a peace that passes understanding. Give them the comfort that only you can give. And Lord, we commit her to you, Vicki, in every way for you to heal and strengthen. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's go to Linda in Denver. Linda? Linda? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm here. Hi, I'm good. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. What do you got for me today? So, okay, I'm sorry. I wasn't sure if I was speaking with you yet. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, um, you the go ahead. Law, I'm sorry? Uh-huh. No, Being prior law enforcement, I have a question pertaining to psychic investigators that law enforcement will occasionally use and are pretty much dead on. I mean, without them, some things would not be solved. But yet I know Mm -hmm. in the New Testament, at least in Scripture, that we're not supposed to do that. So I have a a conflict about that. And I guess my question is, is that okay? Or is that a gift from God? Or because I know Satan's minions know as much about us as the Lord does and what goes on in our life and uses that as trickery. But... Yeah, and and, and, clarification on that. (laughs) Yeah, and the Old Testament talks about, um, you know, that we're not to be involved with the occultic practices and, you know, um, spirit world and all that to stay away from that. Um, Right. You know, I, I, you know, being a chaplain up here for Mm -hmm. 17 years now, uh, I haven't heard of the agency using one. It doesn't mean they don't. I'm, I'm a friend of the agency. Um, but I know that it's been used in different agencies and practices. Uh, I'm not really, to me, I wouldn't have a lot of confidence in those things. Um, maybe mm-hmm. some do, but as a Christian, I know for me that, um, you know, that we're told not to be involved in those things. You go through the book of Leviticus, stay away from those things, occultic kinds of practices, and and that includes psychics. And 
you know, you see them, you know, uh, psychics that come and it's not just for law enforcement, for a lot of other things that people use them for. And uh, me, I'm going to trust in the Lord and uh, for that wisdom and guidance. And I think that you're right, Linda. I think that um, we got to remember that behind that, there's um, the whole spiritual realm of the demonic. That's what the Bible tells us. Um, and, okay. you know, there are things that go on that that um, that we don't understand. Um, it, it's interesting when you um, people start dabbling in that stuff, start channeling things like that, that they're saying things about loved ones that, you know, nobody else knew about and things like that. So there is deception in that. We do know that in Acts uh, that when Philip was up in that area of Samaria, that there was Simon the sorcerer that was there, and he was amazing people with his magic and stuff, um, with his sorceries. We know in the book of Philippians that Paul was dealing with those who were involved in the occultic, and um, they were uh, using a gal, a young girl, for um, for purposes, as you read the book of Acts. Uh, I believe it was in Philippi where he was at, and um, that's where, of course, they... Um, uh, Paul would, and Silas would be in prison. Um, it says that, let me read it for the sake of those listening. It said that as it happened, as we went, this is Luke writing, uh, to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. So it tells us that there's demonic influence behind there. And, of course, Paul would say, you know, as he was annoyed by her, say, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And she came out. So that's my that's my take on it. So um, okay. I wouldn't in, endorse it. I personally wouldn't use it. Um, and um, so that's me. I just, as I, the reason I was curious about it is because there was a situation, a case where uh, they had, arrested the wrong person and they were for sure they had the right person and it's like no you have the wrong person you have the wrong person and it turned out that they found out they because the killings continued and they did have the wrong person but it just occurred to me whether it's the holy spirit or what but it doesn't matter whether it's solved or not that we're still to trust in the lord maybe he doesn't want it solved i don't know but maybe it's just an influence to win people over to be confident or counting on that I guess when we shouldn't and I know we shouldn't and I don't, but I just was puzzled about like, well, these people are doing good with this. So maybe there's some of it's from the Lord and some of it's not. I just wasn't sure, you know? Yeah. And it's been used, you know, in, in history of, you know, there's some articles of a cold case, you know, in Greeley and Mm -hmm. they brought in a psychic and all this stuff. And, you know, To me, I'm not here. I'm not some, from here originally, so I've only been here about a year. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah and it was a long time ago. I remember reading a big article on a, a cold case and, and things like that, but they have been brought in. To me, it's like, um, I don't know. So um, I, for me as a Christian, we're told to stay away from it, and that's where I leave it. And of course, you guys need evidence, is what is right. what's going to make your case. So, all right, yeah. good question. Linda, thank you. God bless you. Appreciate that. You bet. Thanks. Absolutely. Bless you as well. Yeah. God bless you. Hey, we just got a couple minutes. I want to pray. Priscilla, she's in Denver. She needs prayer for a friend in ICU. And Priscilla, 
Hi, how are you? Hi, hi, Priscilla. Hey, we just got a couple minutes, so you want prayer for a friend uh, in Correct. ICU? Kit, yeah. And what's her name, your friend? Christine. Christine, let's pray, because uh-huh. then we're, we're going to end here. And she has kidney liver failure? Correct. Okay, Father, we do pray. Uh, we want to get this prayer request in. I thank you for Priscilla calling, for her friend Christine. And, Lord, she's in ICU. She has kidney liver failure. I pray that you bring healing to her, that you be with the doctors and nurses, that you would minister to her in that way. Lord, be with Priscilla in ministering to her friend and um, to the family. And, Lord, you know the situation. You know how grave it is. Um, So, Lord, kick those kidneys into function, her liver. Help them treat her, bring healing to her, minister to her. Lord, you're the great compassionate God that we can call out to. And Priscilla has asked for, for healing and we join in and we ask as well. So we just pray you would show yourself strong in your healing power towards her friend, Christine. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we'll amen. Keep praying, Thank you Priscilla. very much. God bless. You bet. God bless you. Hey, we're coming to the end of the show. Thank you so much. We had a good show today and, and appreciate everybody that's called in. God bless you. Have a great rest of the day. Keep reading your Bibles. Keep studying the Word of God. Walking with the Lord. And we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.